Welcome to Civil Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert, I'm Robert Kane. No, I'm... And I'm Rick Gramlich. Yes. We are glad you're here with us. We are glad you're here with us. And today we are diving into some mailbag mm. questions. And we, we go a long time. So strap yourself in. <laughs> it's a good one. We're going to talk about compatibilism. God's sovereignty and man's free will, and how that plays out practically. Great question from Matthew, and then we're going to talk about uh, rhythms, spiritual rhythms that help us to stay in the Word, and why we need to stay in the Word. So come check it out, stay tuned, listen to the whole thing. You might enjoy it. Yeah. Pop some popcorn. What's going on? Not much, man. Good to be recording again. It's good to see your face. Oh, thank you. That's too sweet of you. We are, listeners can't see this, but we are back. <laughs> no, wait. Can you guys see this? We are back <laughs> in my favorite recording spot. When you always say listeners can't see this, are you talking to me? Or are you talking to the listener who literally is listening no, and realizes yeah, and I'm can't just acknowledging <laughs> to the listener that I'm not unaware. I'm not hey, unaware that this is just an audio platform. In case you were unaware, oh, you are video, not watching this. Video <laughs> podcasting is becoming far more popular. I have a face for radio. Yeah, you and me both. So yeah, but it's becoming a thing to like record video-wise people talking into mics. And I'm like, eventually it's just going to get back to square one. where We call that TV. <laughs> exactly, where TV, where the mic is like unseen. You don't see the mic because you don't want to obstruct the video. So what do you do you watch a podcast? Do you watch any podcasts? Um, I used to watch the Fantasy Footballers podcast and that mm. was a video and okay. they would like throw some stuff up there. Not a lot. Yeah. Um, but that's that's just gotta be so much work. You gotta have like a whole team that's doing stuff. So Well, not to mention who wants to sit and watch? Well as I'm saying that's talk. why I love podcasts, is because I can just listen while I'm doing something else, while I'm driving or while I'm wor- like even working and doing some stuff, I can just put in a podcast and do you have a favorite task that you do while listening to podcasts? The dishes. Mm, the old dishes. Mm-hmm. Do you have a podcast that's like dish podcasts, like designated for dishes? No. My, the podcasts I listen to are typically what time of day. It's like the morning. Is that a podcast? The briefing. Oh, okay. With Al Mohler. Um, oh, so you're a big Al Mohler guy, huh? I do like Al Mohler, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. I've been listening to his podcast, Thinking in Public. Yeah, it's great. It's a really good one. I so. also personally prefer to think in private as well well i mean he's he's a public thinker mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah some people like that <laughs> some, some people, people like, do not <laughs> some people want to put it all out there in public that's their prerogative no he's he's uh he's good i appreciate him yeah um all right so do you want to do a podcast called um thinking in private no uh <laughs> <laughs> private thoughts not good things <laughs> Um, for people like, oh, that's it, designated for dishes. So people just listen to this podcast while they're doing dishes. And we'll talk about like something and then we'll like every like 30 seconds we're like. Good form, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Nicely done. Scrub, a little more elbow. Yeah. You're going to put that dish in the washer? Pick it back up. Come on, you can even wash that. Come on. (laughs) That would be good. That would be good. So what's new with you, Rob? Um, I'm trying to think last time we were, um, we were talking, fresh new baby. Yeah, you yeah. guys doing so well. Baby, she's doing awesome. Lennon's doing great. Um, Finley's a little tougher, 
but she's for the most part doing fine. Mm-hmm. And Danielle's the worst. That's what you were saying earlier. <laughs> Danielle is the reason I'm still alive with all this stuff. There you go. Um, but no, the uh, church is going well. Yeah. So talk about, uh, and this is off topic, but today's a mailbag episode. We can do whatever the heck we want. We can do whatever the heck we um, Since last time, you guys have had your commissioning from yeah. your sending church, yep, Summit yep, yep. Baptist in Potascala. Mm-hmm. Um I was able to, to go watch that happen. Special yeah, thanks time. Thanks for coming. Yeah. So, how you, what's going on? Give us the uh, the down low for Citizens Church. I mean, you can also look at citizensohio.com for yeah. more information. Uh, yeah. I mean, th- things are going fine. We're meeting in our living room right now, and mm. we, like, we've got. We've so, got you guys music, aren't like a real which, church yet. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We don't have a building yet, so we're not real. Oh, so you guys are like Act 2 style home church. Are you just going to be a home church? No, okay, no, no, gotcha, no. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> How many toes can we step on in one episode? <laughs> um, we uh, we are currently, as of the time of this recording, yes, um, we are like just one Sunday away from covenanting together and saying Which we are an official church cult ritual. Stop it! Um, but the last two weeks we went over our statement of faith. Cool. Yep, nineteen articles in our statement of faith. First week we went over nine of them. Last week we went over the last nine, and this week we're going over our church covenant and um, i just keep reminding our people like hey like this isn't normal we're not going to go over like historical church documents or our church documents even um as the primary teaching time mm, right um we're making all about you good reformed church expositional preaching we're not trying to baptizing babies throw anything. not that reformed and we uh so i've just been saying like hey like as the charter members so to speak of this church we're this is basically like one big membership class we're going over what we yeah. believe we're going over what we believe churches we're going over what our covenant is what our promises together are through the covenant and after that we'll lord willing uh jump into a series on mark yeah so yeah that's exciting, exciting stuff yeah um how can just a couple things quickly how can people be praying for the church plant oh thank you um yeah be praying just for wisdom in the midst of covid COVID is the worst, and um, we've just been trying to navigate that. I mean, Ebola was, was worse than this, but that's yeah, true. That's true. it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's bad stuff, no doubt. Thanks for the... Just a reminder, that's for the, the qualifier. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, so navigating that, that Lord would provide us with a public space that is... So you guys can... In our budget and... Talk in public. Suitable, so we can, yeah, not only, not only talk, but also think. Think. In public. I'm not sure Al Muller will be joining those discussions, but if he wants to, Al, if you're listening, I know you are. Um, if, he showed up on a, if he showed up on a Sunday, I, I would, I would feel obligated to be like, you know what, buddy, you want to just preach because what you can remember, like <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm saying like, it's let's say you guys start at ten. What time yeah. do you guys start on a Sunday morning? Ten. Ten. Ten a.m. You know, nine fifty-nine. Al comes waltzing in, just him and uh, what's his wife's name? Mary. Mary. You know, grab a little seat in the back. Just you know, heard about the the church on the website. You're doing your announcements, and what goes through your head? Is it like, oh my gosh, yeah, Al Mohler's here? Is it like, oh crap? No, um, I would be super Al excited. Here. It, like, if he came this Sunday, I any Sunday. Oh well, well this Sunday especially, I'd be super excited because he, <laughs> like, we're in the same theological tribe when it comes to our view of the church. Right, right. And so, like, going over church covenant he'd probably be like 
heck yeah like about like this is great that a church is doing this and i'd be like yeah al why don't you why don't you say a couple things like why don't you chime al, in on that because i know the church that he goes to is is a very very nine mark church hostile yeah <laughs> <laughs> very charismatic <laughs> no um, capital p pentecostal exactly <laughs> so anyway so you're saying like you guys walk no i mean like regular a typical sunday yeah walks in i would be excited yeah I, i'd be very excited yeah um but i would also there'd be i'm sure a sense of nervousness like oh my goodness this guy's a better preacher than me this guy knows uh, 10 times as much as i do and that's probably being conservative like he's conservative he is conservative. <laughs> thanks <laughs> but yeah i would it'd be a, a mix of emotions yeah good yeah. well good so that's a little snapshot update for rob yeah, uh we are seven and a half minutes talking about some mailbag issues even more than that the intro hey, yeah people are people Eight are listening minutes, they're know. enjoying um and how i know that people i'm sure there's a lot of people who stop listening but <laughs> We have a couple of questions. We do. Which means people are listening. People and, um, are listening. In public and yeah. in private. Thank you. I'm people. actually going to close this window beside me because my feet are getting a little cold. I said, so guys <laughs> and ladies who are listening, <laughs> this isn't a gender exclusive <laughs> podcast. But right before we started recording, Rick told me to turn off the vent or like close the vent that was pumping out warm air. And he's like, it's going to get piping hot in here. He's like, I'm going to open the window, turn that off. And I'm like, I, I kind of like the heat on my feet it felt nice. My feet were a little cold. He's like, then go put on shoes. <laughs> so I was like, no, nah, I'll wait. I'll wait. And were now, your feet cold? They're still cold. They weren't. They weren't terribly cold okay. at that time. Okay. Yeah, they've just gotten colder. So do you want to wear my shoes? No, I'm gonna open up the vent. That's what right. I'm gonna do. Open it up. Open it up right now. And so Rick is now saying he's gonna shut the vent I, or shut the I window. Shut the window. Rubs opening the vent. vent Five is minutes. Open. We're gonna be sweating. Yep. Anyway, so and we still won't be started with this episode. Couple, <laughs> couple uh, listener requests in our mailbag. Yes. Um, Rob, what do, we, what do we have? Okay, so Matthew Stevens reached out, and Matthew, thank you for reaching out. Which, I thought we agreed never to like use people's last names. Well, they won't know how it's spelled. I don't know. <laughs> There's multiple ways to spell it. <laughs> uh, John Smith. Nobody, nobody knows how to spell that one, do they? There's different ways to spell There's my li- last name. <laughs> Two different ways. There's literally... <laughs> Just forget it. Keep okay. going. Matthew. Okay, okay. So, Matthew S... <laughs> <laughs> says says this i'm a recent listener to your podcast and found your content edifying and encouraging i wanted to message directly to ask a question about a podcast you guys did covering compatibilism which for those of you who don't know that's episode 46 unfortunately almost, almost 100 episodes ago almost wow. almost unfortunately those around me don't subscribe to this view so i don't have anyone i can chat to about it i wanted to clarify something about this viewpoint we all make choices every day would you would you say we are free to choose whatever is the most compelling choice that is compatible with our nature? For example, someone in bondage to sin still has the freedom to choose coffee over tea, but can't choose Christ. Does God determine our desires so we would only ever choose a certain way? From what I read, God isn't coercive, nor does he tempt us. So I'm not sure how to wrap my head around it. Deep topic. I'm still new to Reformed theology. Sorry if these questions might seem a bit ignorant. LOL. Thank you for your time. God bless. All right. Matthew, doesn't seem ignorant at all, man. Good question. Shows no, that you're thinking deeply about these things. And it's a complex issue, so um, most people would agree. Yeah, it's there's like, we can work to understand, but at the same time, there is mystery. Yeah, yeah. So w- when it comes to compatibilism, let me just, because if we did an episode on it, and 
Uh, Matthew's still asking questions, and we probably could have been a little bit clearer. Mm -hmm. So rather than try to put it in our own words again, which I think we used Greg Allison's definition um, last time, which I'm sure is a tremendous definition, but now we're going to use this definition from, hold on a sec, the pocket dictionary of the Reformed tradition. Mm. So here's what they say about compatibilism. The view that divine sovereignty and human freedom are compatible and not mutually exclusive. So before we go any further, there's this idea that if you believe in free will, then that means you do not believe in divine sovereignty. Um, if At least divine sovereignty in all of things. Some people who say they believe in free will, but they would say that God sovereignly gave his people or his creation um, free will. So they say, we do affirm divine sovereignty, but we also affirm free will. Those who don't agree to that, that Arminian perspective, which is where um, Rick and I are not, we're on this perspective with compatibilism, um, people in our camp, we would say, no, we can still hold uh, divine sovereignty, God's divine sovereignty over all things and human free will. So continuing with the definition. The compatibilist perspective makes a distinction common in Reformed theology between freedom to act according to a will enslaved to sin and freedom to act with a will liberated by the Holy Spirit. Although only God's grace can make humans truly free, there is no contradiction between God's providence and human free action, or between God's sovereign salvation and the necessity of good works. While some in the Reformed tradition project compatibilism on logical or philosophical grounds, most affirm some variation while acknowledging the mysterious compatibility between divine and human action. Now, that was a mouthful. It's great. It was. But, but people aren't able to, like... Yeah, so let's, let's like break some, down. Break it down. Yeah, so... Break it down, Rick, Rob. How, how about you describe divine sovereignty? Putting you on the spot. Whew. All right, so... A, God is divine. Divide, I think, is the Latin word for, for God. Okay. Um, lecto divinia. Okay. Like, I think there's Latin, yeah. I believe you. If not, just go with it. Um, so when we say divine, we're talking about spiritual things. Uh, particularly, particularly, we're talking about uh, God's power. So divine things. Uh, and what was, you said divine sovereignty. Mm -hmm. So it... The word sovereign means to be in absolute control over. So we are, as Americans, we're a sovereign nation, right? So we're separate, we're autonomous, we have complete authority over what happens in our borders, right? So this idea that God, the creator God, has full say over the world that he created. Yep. So most people understand that logic. God created the world, therefore he's sovereign, he has full control over it. Where it gets difficult is, is how that plays out. So does that mean, and this is Matthew's question, does it, that he dictates every single thing that happens? Um, or does he give creation autonomy? Yeah. And we would say it's a mix of both. And that's, as we kind of walk through that, that's the mystery. So God is sovereign. He's over all things. He created all things. So he has the authority. He has the, the, the right to be over all things. He created the universe. We'd say he suspends the universe. I think Spurgeon said there's not a dust mite in the air that God doesn't hold there with his divine power. So yep. he's literally, literally holding the world together as mm. it's spinning at, you know, 60-some thousand or million miles an hour, whatever, like all the galaxies, he's holding it 
altogether by his literal power. But yet, he does, I'd say he does give us some autonomy. Um, but to your point, what is divine sovereignty? God ultimately is over all things. This is yeah. contrary to, to the uh, clockmaker philosophy about this is what like a lot of the founding fathers would hold to. These are, are, are deists. They believe in God. When you say founding fathers, you mean founding? So American founding fathers. Yeah. Uh, not all of them, but some of them. You know, uh, Franklin, yeah. Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson. So they believe in God. But they think God kind of started the whole thing, kind of put it in motion, then kind of walked a step mm-hmm. back, said, okay, it's going, that's it, that's all yeah. I'm going to do. And we'd say, no, 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 he's like actively, divinely involved each, like each moment. So, yeah, yeah. And, and does that answer the question, Rob? It put does. me on the spot, I can't be succinct, that darn was, it. That was well done. Um, and if there's one verse, I mean, you could find plenty of verses in here, but if there's one that is kind of like a, a good proof text, um, it's it's Ephesians 1.11. Genesis 1. Yeah. 1. Uh, Ephesians 1, 11. Still several ones there. It says, In him we have also received an inheritance, because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. So this one, God, whom we have our inheritance, he predestined everything according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. That's the CSB. The ESV says, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So what we're seeing is that God sovereignly oversees not most of it, not 99.999% of it, but all of it in agreement with the purpose of his will. And the, and the nice thing about that is that, I mean, we read in, in Revelation the where everything is headed, where Christ returns and he establishes the new heavens and the new earth. These are promises that we can be confident in because God will ensure that they get there. Mm-hmm. If God wasn't sovereign over all things, then he wouldn't be able to guarantee that we're going to get there, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you've uh, defined divine sovereignty well. Why don't you go ahead and define free will? <laughs> um, be a little more succinct. <laughs> free, um, unhindered. There you go. Will, uh, your desire. Okay. Your desire well, to... Why don't you flesh that out a little bit? <laughs> Glad you asked, Rob. Okay, so... No, but, I mean, free will. It means that you have the autonomy, the freedom, the individualness to decide, am I going to you know, eat cereal or eat eggs and bacon? Am I going to uh, choose God or reject God? Am I going to... Um, be born in America or born in China. Oh, wait, we don't free will over that. Free will, it's the ability for you to freely choose what you want. I think the what we have to be aware of is when we're talking about free will, um, I don't know if it's our Western mindset or, like, we don't think, we just think it's, we think it's very normal. Like, everyone has free will, and that's Every, it. Everyone can make decisions for themselves. Right. No one's holding a gun to your head yep, saying you have yep. to make this decision. But when you look at... At marketing, you look at social media, you look at addiction, like all, like, do people really have that much free will? Yeah. Like, if everyone had true free will, unhindered, you were, you were, nothing was pressing or pushing on you to lean any certain direction. Yep. Like, okay, the wise, why are there some people who are overweight? Why are there some people addicted uh, to social media or to, to substance abuse, to alcohol? Like, yeah. like, obviously, we don't quite have the free will we thought we had. Yeah. But we, at the same time, n- nobody um, 
this is a, maybe a controversial statement. Here we go. In addiction. Trigger warning. Woo woo. Um, yeah, nobody is a complete slave. You know what I'm saying? Like, ultimately, you're, you're fulfilling your desire. Hmm. Yep. Right? So if you're addicted to whatever, or if you're, if the commercials work and then you go out and you buy products or you're, you, you shop and not because you need something, because something allured you in, right? You're also doing that of your own free will. Mm-hmm. No, again, no one's pointing a gun to your head. No one's forcing you to go do that. So, so there's this weird connection between like cultural, social persuasion, influence on our own psyche and our own, you know, um, culture, right? And then yet our own freeness to follow that or to reject that. Yeah, and that, that's exactly why marketing exists mm-hmm. because they recognize that we we're not being forced to make a decision, but our decisions can be influenced. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you make the point that people aren't, aren't slaves because they're, they're choosing. I mean, you can make the theological argument, guys, we're not, we're not denying that people are slave to sin. Like we get mm-hmm. that. We're, right. we're not denying that when we say this, but you're making the point that people are doing what they, what they want to do. And uh, even yeah. Jonathan Edwards yeah. would say that people are um, free to mm-hmm. do what they most desire. And so compatibilism, to get back to compatibilism here, essentially says we have the freedom Mm -hmm. to do what we most desire. However, God sovereignly gives us desires. And so if um, I want to pursue Christ, it's because God has sovereignly put that in me. And I might freely make the decision to pursue Christ, but it is not until God first puts in me a desire to pursue Christ. Right. So I, the Ephesians 2 passage, you're dead in sin. Like, I'm not going to freely choose to go to a hospital mm-hmm. if I'm dead on the side of the road. Right. But if someone wakes me up and I realize, oh, shoot, I'm in trouble. Like, mm-hmm. I need I need a hospital. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, I might freely choose to go to a hospital. I think about, um, you know, our... John in, in John fifteen, when Jesus says, "I am the vine; you are the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing." John fifteen five. There's a clear indicator that we, we as and those are, there's a regenerate right, vine beings like we're we're, attack, we're attached to to the divine nature in that sense. Yep. So we're awake; we're we're regenerate. But even in our savedness, in our regenerate state, like we are there because we are tethered; we're connected to Christ. Yep. And apart from him, in a very literal sense, you know, you can't, you couldn't breathe, you couldn't, your heart would stop beating. Jesus yeah. left, right, or whatever. But in a very spiritual sense, like you cannot overcome your sin, you, you cannot experience true freedom. Like you're saying that the free will to to go to the hospital, to yep. um, cry out to Jesus to save you, apart from him. Yeah. That's his working. So in this um, uh, compatible and compatibilism right we we're saying like we believe yes god is sovereign over all things and yes you have some free will mm-hmm. so, so so matthew uses the example of um the difference between choosing coffee or tea compared to choosing christ and we would say god's sovereign over all of those i mean it's just are you british or are you american 
Um, yeah, sure. That's, that's if you're it. more sanctified or less sanctified, more sanctified, obviously. Well, I'm drinking not, coffee. I'm, oh, see, I wasn't going to say that. No, I'll say, say it. Oh, wow. So you're saying Americans are more sanctified than Brits? I, yeah, I'll say that if it's the coffee thing. Mm. I'm not saying necessarily the American mm. first no, Brit thing. There's a just... Brit that would prefer coffee and an American that prefer tea, then and I'm siding with the Brit. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, it's clearly found in scripture. Anyways, um, speaking of scripture, um, well, before we get there, I want to answer that question. We would say that God is sovereignly over all three of those. Mm-hmm. The fact that you might prefer coffee yeah. over tea is is because God is sovereign over even that. Mm-hmm. And that maybe you prefer um, a certain flavor of ice cream. I know we're getting into like weird things, but even a certain flavor. Are you of saying ice cream. God selects your ice cream for you? No, I'm saying that you have those inclinations because God has given you taste buds and he's given you a certain amount of taste buds that prefer certain types of flavors. And so therefore you choose what you most desire. And so the argument that my systematic professor used when he was explaining this was if you were in line, and I think think we said this on episode 46, but anyways, if you were in line to get ice cream Mm -hmm. and you're like, all right, I'm getting mint chocolate chip. I love mint chocolate chip. That's my favorite. You're the next one in line. The guy in front of you. Are you a Brit or are you an American at this point? You're you're an individual human being. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And, uh, you're in line, and the person in front of you wants mint chocolate chip, and they say, "Hey, I'll take mint chocolate chip." And the person behind the counter mm-hmm. says, "Okay, if you're sure you want that, because we've actually had a few. What is it that? What's the thing that the disease from ice cream? It's not salmonella, right? It's um, E. coli." No, it's not that. But let's say, like, okay, we have a bad batch. The ice cream. Like, you can take the risk. It might make you sick. Um, It's made a few other people sick. Do you still want mint chocolate chip? Uh, The person might be like, "Mm, no, I'll take take chocolate. And then you get up, and it's your turn. And before, you wanted mint chocolate chip, but you, something else happened. And all of a sudden, your desires shifted. Because your desire to be healthy over overcame your desire for mint chocolate chip in that moment mm-hmm. and so you might say i just heard that i'm probably not going to get mint chocolate chip i'd rather stay healthy i'll take cookies and cream or something like that so different god will sovereignly put different things in your life to sway your desires but it's you who freely makes the decision mm-hmm. based off what you most desire yeah hopefully that's clear but where do we see this in scripture there's oh. a few spots and I'll, i'm going to Go over these real quick because we're spending a lot of time on yeah. on this one question, which is good. It's an important topic, but so let's Finley's at the door. <laughs> Probably going to keep knocking. But anyways, um, Genesis thirty-seven through fifty. So what we see is is the story of Joseph. So he's the youngest of all of his brothers. Um, his dad gives him a, a robe of many colors, and his brothers are jealous that mm. um, they be jelly exactly that uh, Jacob just prefers Joseph over his other brothers. And Joseph has, I mean, he has a personality. Like we can't, we can't just view the story where it's like, oh, he doesn't have a personality, he doesn't have any, like he's got a certain personality that the Lord has given him. And the Lord sovereignly gives him a couple dreams where mm-hmm. it seems to be that his brothers are worshiping him. Now, he's the favorite. And for some reason, he thought it was a good idea to tell his brothers this dream where they're going to be worshiping him. They already don't like him. Their dad clearly prefers him over the rest of them. But for some reason, God has given Joseph the kind of personality where he doesn't see an issue arising from this. And so God gives him these dreams. And then Joseph decides to share it with his brothers. It happens twice. And then they 
end up selling him into slavery. They're so frustrated with him, they end up selling him into slavery. And in Genesis 45, Joseph tells them, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Okay, before we go any further, clearly it was them. Mm-hmm. They got upset with him. They sold him into slavery. They're responsible for that. That's why they're so worried when they realize that it is Joseph. Him, right. Because they know we sinned against you and you're probably going to kill us now. And he says, it wasn't you who sent me here. It was God. And then in Genesis 50, he says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And he's reaffirming his brothers like, yes, you are responsible but ultimately, it was God who did this, and God used it for good. Mm-hmm. See Isaiah chapter 10, um, God, so verses 5 through 15, God uses Assyria to punish Jerusalem. So he uses a wicked nation to bring about his justice onto his people, Jerusalem, because they've chased after idols. And then in that same passage of, of verses 5 through 15, God then says how he's going to punish Assyria for what they did to Jerusalem. And so he's using this wicked nation to punish his people for pursuing other gods. And then he says, this thing, these wicked things that you did to my people, like you're responsible for, I'm going to bring punishment on you. Acts 2, 23, um, clearly says that God uses sinful men to accomplish his plan. So the plan to Mm -hmm. bring about a savior, sinful men nailed Christ to the cross. Yeah. Jesus unjustly being punished for these things. And, and yet... God is the one who ordained mm-hmm. all of that to bring about a greater good, similar to the Joseph story. And then Joshua eleven twenty, I'm just going to read it. It says, for it was the Lord's intention to harden their hearts so that they would engage Israel in battle, be completely destroyed without mercy and be annihilated just as the Lord had commanded Moses. And so the Lord is hardening their hearts so that they would end up engaging in battle with Israel so that they would be destroyed. So we see God bringing about these desires within mm-hmm. his people, within other people, so that they would freely make the decision to do what they most want to do. So you're saying people don't have any free will? That is not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, saying so, so, they have the freedom to do what they most want to do. Nobody feels like they're, they're making a decision that they don't want to make. Right, but you're saying God's the one who's kind of pulling the strings for their... Des- saying God's sovereign over all things. For their desires. God's sovereign over all things, including their desires. So, no, I'm not, and I'm not poking holes in this at all. Yeah, I'm just please. thinking, like, if you... When you just take that at, at that, like, God is sovereign over all of your desires, and you have freedom to choose whatever you desire. It's like, well, then that's not tr- freedom. But And that's where I, I think we need to take a step back and say, well, kind of the idea of free will is, um, is unhelpful anyway because, again, you really don't have much of, most of the free will you think you have. You know, you don't, you don't wake up and eat the cereal you're eating because, you know, you... In your own sovereignty, devoid of outside influence, chose that. You chose that because it's what you ate when you were growing up. Yep. It's, you know, you ate at a friend's house. Like, like there's things that influenced those decisions. And so when you say God is sovereign over your desires, and then you say you, 
you can you can follow your desires, right? And you don't feel forced. It's like, well, yeah, but if he's the one originating the desire, then he's just one step back in the process. Yes, he is. Like he's one. If you fo- like, he's one step back. If you follow a decision or a behavior, like before you chose to whatever, like he was a, a few steps back, mm-hmm. fostering the desire to do it. Yeah. Or, you know, very well <laughs> through. I, I would say this might get confusing, but through his him allowing evil, right? He's allowed temptation to come in. He doesn't want you to choose temptation. But he's allowed that to enter in, and then you could choose that option as well. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, and the, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna articulate this as well as M. Muller. Yeah, definitely not. Um, but there's, there's like a false idea that you can make decisions in a vacuum, mm. where, and I mean, what I mean by vacuum is that you can make a decision without any whatsoever outside influence. Mm-hmm. Like there, there is right. no such thing as zero bias. There's no such thing as no influences uh, being imported onto you. And so because we were born into sin, we already have Mm -hmm. sinful outside influences and intrinsic influences that are affecting our desires, our, what we want. And so when we freely choose what is not glorifying to God, what is not part of God's design, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not because... God necessarily is forcing us to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. It's because we're sinful. And apart from him entering in to change our sinful desires, we will choose what is sinful. And it's because they're in creation before sin, Adam and Eve, they were the only ones to ever have true free will, mm-hmm. where there was no influence on sin. And read Romans 5, what you're going to find is that Adam represents us. There's mm-hmm. only two camps, especially, I mean, this is, this is actually important for today's, like, cultural tone. Situation. And, yeah, everything that's going on where there's, like, all this intersectionality. I, this person represents this, this, and this, and so therefore they represent me because I, I find, I identify in these certain camps. Um, the only two camps that there really are are whether you're in Adam or you're in Christ. And if you are not a Christian, then you are still in Adam. He freely made the decision to rebel against God's design. And so therefore, everyone after him is in that rebellion. And that the repercussions of that rebellion mm-hmm. have their effect on us. They influence us in the same way really great marketing influences us in fact better than really great marketing and so we naturally have these inclinations but we won't choose what is different unless god enters in and gives us new desires yeah do you want to have a last word on that before we move on because no i think it's good i think it, it's a hard confusing topic um, how does God's sovereignty, man's free will, work together? Yeah. And to simply say, oh, God's sovereign over all things, period, or to say, God is sovereign, man has free will, they did choose or reject, period. Like, wherever you fall in the, the sovereignty camp, yeah. um, it, you're, you have to dive in deeper. Yeah. It's just not that simple. Uh, I think we can take great rest in the fact that God is sovereign and God is good. 
And God has clearly called me in his word to conform to Christ. Yeah. And then he's given me the ability to, to do that. So how that all works out, we yeah. can discuss, but you need to know and truly believe God's good. God is sovereign. He's good. And he, what he's called you to in his word. Yeah. So don't, don't just like flake out and say, well, you know, if God wants me to be that way, he'll make me that way. Yeah. You yeah. Know, he's called so, so, you. So two things on that that I want to, I want to highlight because what you said is, is really good. I just want to expound on it even more because of how good it is. The, I knew it. The <laughs> first one um, is the digging deeper. Like, even, so let's take something as, as arbitrary as the color of your table right now. Like, whoever made this table thought that brown would be, or this shade of brown would be the best color for it. And if you think, if you get into that person's mind, why do you think brown? Maybe it's because of some a magazine where they saw designs and they thought that look, design looked good. Or maybe it's because they have an artistic um, background. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they went to school for it or something like that. All these things, and you keep going back. Okay, why did they pick up that magazine? Why did they go to that school? Why did they? You keep going back and going back and going back, digging deeper and deeper and deeper. You see yeah. that God is behind all of it. That's how yeah. Spurgeon um, real like came to affirm the sovereignty of God. He said, "Why did I become a Christian? Well, because I, I chose to become a Christian. So why did I choose? Well, because I I became convinced by the scriptures. Well, why did I become convinced by the scriptures? Well, because." I prayed that God would help me understand the scriptures. And he said, okay, but why did I pray? Because God put desire there. And he said, well, like why? And he took it all the way back and he said, and when I got to the back, I realized that God was behind all of it. Yeah, that's great. There's an analogy that I don't think it's, it breaks down quick, but it's like of a, of a, of a stage theater. And you, we see the stage, like that's what we see of our own life. Like, hey, I'm going to the store. I'm, you know, and you pull back the curtains and you see, oh, well, you know, I ended up going to the store and getting a pop because I like pop, and mm-hmm. you know that what like this thing influenced me. And then you pull back the curtain, and as you keep pulling back, you realize there's multiple layers to this. And as you say, like eventually, like God is orchestrating all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is troubling to a lot of people because then it feels like they've lost all autonomy, or God's like we're just puppets and. And that's why I'm saying, <coughs> no, you've, you've kind of lost it on there. You, you've missed, you've kind of stepped off into the ditch on that. Or people will say, God's not that way. I have full autonomy. I'm like, no, you kind of stepped off the other side of the road in the ditch over there. Like, yeah, you keep going back and, and God is the first cause cause. Yeah. So. The, the uncaused first cause. Yeah. Yes. And so the, um, the and, second thing that I wanted to say was that building off of your point, God mm-hmm. is sovereign. God is good. Also. The scriptures are, are are true when they say whoever would repent and believe will be saved. Yeah. So if you're saying, oh, well, I won't become a Christian until God gives me the desire. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that's you saying that you're not going to repent and believe, mm-hmm. then that's you making the decision not to, not to be saved. Yeah. Like anyone who repents of their sin and believes the gospel mm-hmm. will be saved. That's the practical side of this compatibilism. We're trying to take these things and simplify into everyday life. Like compatibilism is the confidence that God is sovereign mm-hmm. and the conviction that we're called to walk in good works, that we are called to make decisions that are consistent with mm-hmm. the gospel, with God's word. Yes. And if you do, then it's evidence that you are, are saved. If you don't, then it's evidence that you are in fact yeah. not. Yeah. And both are, both of those things, whether you are or you're not, that's your desire. 
Yeah. Right. So thank you, Matthew, for asking the question. Obviously, this is not a simple, straightforward. If we only confused you more. Which I'm pretty sure we did. You're um, Yeah. Keep reading. Yeah, and keep reading. Trusting the Lord. So we. Prudem uh, we, talks about this in his systematic. There are other systematics you can yeah. look to. No, but we appreciate that. We uh, just want to encourage everyone to um, keep reading the word. Yeah. And speaking and, of the word, guys, why have word? in my hand. A beautiful encyclopedia. We're all, we're all about beautiful Bibles. Aesthetically but pleasing. Aesthetically. So here's 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 what I have against the CSB. Okay. Oh my gosh. I love the CSB. It's mm. my it's my preferred translation. Is it? It really is. Love it. Very readable. Um, there you guys go. If you're going to Citizens Church, grab a CSB. <laughs> working on that. <laughs> um, and so. Love the CSB. Think it's like optimal equivalence. That's their kind of mentality. Is that it's faithful to the original text while also being readable in today's language. So, mm-hmm. um, in my hand, I have a Holy Land Illustrated Bible. This it illustrates the Holy Land, basically. So my my big rub against the the CSB has been that they. So if you go to like ESV.org, beautiful. Like they do a great job of making making like very much so. Um, showing that they had placed a high value on scripture with the way that they designed their websites, with the way that the word is laid out. Their Bibles are really well put together. Crossway does just a tremendous job. The CSB, I like the translation more, but their um, Bibles have little to be desired. <laughs> Holman's not quite on the same um, okay. level as okay. Crossway. I think they recognize that, and I think they're getting there. But what I'm, the reason I'm saying that mm-hmm. is because they did such a good job on this Holy Land Illustrated Bible. If you guys go to CSB holylandillustratedbible.com and we'll link that in the show notes. I know it's long. But CSB holylandillustratedbible.com you will see how much effort and time they put into this because it looks tremendous. Tremendous. So let me just read a little bit about this. The CSB Holy Land Illustrated Bible is a visually immersive reading experience featuring over 1100 images, maps, and illustrations to provide greater insight and understanding of the people places, and things of scripture. Book-specific introductions provide the setting and circumstances of writing for each book, and every image includes a descriptive caption to help the reader better understand what is pictured. Also included are more than 275 full-length commentary articles and over 40 quote-unquote digging deeper call-outs strategically placed throughout the Bible for further exploration. Guys, I was, I was reading through this, and we're getting ready to start a series on Mark, and I'm just reading about Mark and uh, the co- cultural context behind it, and they've got images of, like, sandals, like the kind of sand, because John Baptist is saying, like, the one who's coming after me, I'm not worthy to untie sandals, and they're showing, like, what sandals might look like. This is a really, really nice, nice study Bible. So, I would encourage you guys to head over to csbholylandillustratedbible.com and check it out. There you go. Um They'll be sponsoring us for the next two years, so you're going to hear a lot about Stop. that. <laughs> All right. Next one. We've got this, this other one, and we've already gone really long. Where are we so, at, Rob? Give us a time. We're at like 43 minutes. Holy moly. Yeah. So, okay. Go ahead. Braden from Alberta. What does he have to say? Braden, Braden, Braden. Hey, man. Thanks for calling. Braden left a voicemail. He left one a while ago, and I missed it. Did he, he really? Left two. No way. Yeah. And I missed it. And I kept saying we had no voicemails. And then he sent us a message on Instagram, nicely enough. He, he, it was like a, a GIF or something like that, where it's like a person with their face to their 
their head in their face. It's like looking down, sighing. He's like me listening to the most recent episode saying there are no voicemails. <laughs> Is that what you realized? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brayden, so, um, it's really just me not not paying attention. Uh, perhaps the Simple Theology uh, Conglomerate Corporation. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to offer you our deepest, most sincere apologies. Simple Theology Worldwide. Um, Simple Theology Global. Would like <laughs> <laughs> but hey, one thing. So Bra- Braden is calling from Canada, Alberta, which... As most of you guys know. You mean Alberta, Canada? Canada, Alberta. <laughs> Country, then location. That's right, yeah. So, um, international caller. Call, what, how long has it been since Brayden called? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to check. Yeah. Keep talking. Anyway, Brayden. figure it out. I just, I just apologize. I'm just, it was the end of September. Oh, I'm just finding, finding this out. I apologize. Anyway, um, so Brayden shares that he's painting his house. Hopefully that's done by now especially up in Canada, eh? Uh, hopefully that went well. But your question oh is, because you're talking about how you're in some ministry context um, and you're struggling with digging into the, the word just for your own devotional purposes and then also distinguishing scripture reading and studying for yourself and for your job or professionally. Yeah. Um, so as you know, you're right. Robert and I are both in ministry. I am in ministry full time. I, I have a small part time job. I do a couple days a week. Um, Rob is full time in an executive position. Executive position. Um, thousands of people report <laughs> yeah, to Robert. Yeah, exactly. No, but he's in a leadership position. Manages an office in Columbus, so he's busy with that. Is what I mean. And then he's doing a church plant, which is no small task. True. Um, so I have a couple comments on that, and then. Robert, you can jump in wherever you want on this. Um, okay, well, I have a couple comments but, on that. Let's, let's. Yeah, so first of all, <laughs> um, read for, reading Scripture, getting into Scripture for teaching purposes versus personal purposes. Um, you'll probably read all kinds of things on the Internet where people say you have to have your own separate quiet time or, no, I use my quiet time to read and study. And I think half of six of one, was it, what you're six saying? Six one, half dozen of the six other. Six one. That's not half, my thing. <laughs> Rob invented that. Um, yeah, so so like, it that just depends. And I, what I want to kind of, you know, flesh out a little bit with that is, you know, you just got to figure out what what works well for you, what's renewing your your soul. So I would not feel guilty if you're if you're reading within your own personal devotion time. You know, the Lord is using that to things are overflowing into ministry. I mean, yeah, like the text should be getting a hold of your heart and working in you before it's working in others and before you teach it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that as far as like if you're reading for work or you're reading for personal things, I, I, I don't see an issue there. Rob, do you have any thoughts on that one issue? No, I mean, yeah, I've heard, I've heard both where people say like in ministry, you can get so um, encumbered with the idea that you got to prepare a sermon that you can forsake your own personal time in the word mm-hmm. where it's just you and the lord and you're not doing it for ulterior motives um for other people say why why wouldn't you use your study time for personal devotions and study and and that's the camp that i'm i'm in yeah. um the i mean luke 6:45 says for from the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks mm-hmm. and so yeah if I, I don't know i find it really helpful and this is like this is convenient, but I find it really helpful to be um, expositionally mm-hmm. preaching. Once we're going through a book of the Bible, that way I can I'm not jumping around all the time. Yeah. Um, because then I can I can spend that time in the Word and see the context, and then 
as I meditate on it, as I pray on it, as I ask the Lord to grant me understanding, I then can take what he's, he's putting there, and from the overflow of my heart, my mouth can, can speak to our congregation. Whereas, not to say that that couldn't happen the other way, but it would almost feel like, oh, wow, I'm so enriched by that. Okay, now let me go do my work and try to get something out of this to share with people mm-hmm. where it may be less heartfelt, where it's like, man, especially in my situation where I'm, I'm working full time and the church plant um, right now, like nobody's on staff. And so it's not, it's especially not full time. And so I, I really have to be efficient mm-hmm. with my time. Yeah. So, and that's a secondary reason, but it is also a reason. So to be able to say, all right, hey, we're going through Mark, like the last few days, I've just been looking over Mark 1 and mm-hmm. being, able, being able to study that, to meditate on that, to write down questions, write down uh, things that I'm seeing in the text. And that's been personally edifying. Yeah. And if the Lord allows us to continue to see this Sunday and the next Sunday, then I'll share what the Lord has been showing me there. Mm-hmm. So No, that's great. And I, and I don't know... Braden, I don't think we know if you're full-time with this, what you're doing as far as like professionally, career-wise. But anyway, um, I, I kind of want to get to the second part of your question about like you're just feeling a, a struggle to get in. Or it's actually the first part, but get into the word personally, separate from work, separate from like the professional side of it, digging into. Um, and we're talking about just spiritual rhythms. And I, f- I'm f- I find quickly in most people's lives where um, – a lack of good spiritual rhythm is like everything else kind of the wheels begin to fall off. Um, that's true for my own life. If, if I'm not in a good rhythm of being in the word and in prayer and in you know, some good healthy community, um, it's much, much easier for me to neglect uh, my own sanctification and, and serving my, my family and dying to myself. It becomes easier to be okay with, um, not being in the Word, not being in prayer. Now, having said that, I would say that there is, uh, it's a discipline. So spiritual rhythms do not just happen. They're a discipline. Um, I think Matt Chandler might have coined the term, but we say a lot, uh, discipline delights, right? Mm -hmm. So these are things that will bring your heart delight and joy in life. They might not right away, but but doing them, being in the rhythm of them will. And so the discipline of prayer, the discipline of being in the Word, um, those things have to be implemented by by your will, right? Hmm. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. But you don't just wake up and then, um, similarly, to, you don't just wake up and have a desire to eat healthy and yeah. exercise. You have, to do, you have to kind of force that. And then as you get going. So so with that, going back to some of your, the preparation question, there is a difference in preparation for a task i'm going to teach on ephesians 1 so i'm going to prepare for it and renewal of the soul ephesians 1 is fully sufficient to do both of those things to renew your soul and help prepare you but my question for you brain is is what are you walking away from are, are you feeling encouraged when you're preparing are you feeling renewed because um, there is a difference in that your soul needs to be renewed and that actually is the highest priority yeah um you mentioned that you're and kids ministry, which is an awesome thing to be in. Um, and sometimes because kids ministry is high admin, high energy, a lot of interaction with parents, um, it, we can get by without feeling like, man, I have to answer hard questions or I have to dig into this text really deep. But the reality is 
the more that you study Scripture and understand Scripture, the more you will be able to simplify things and to teach things in a, a simple depth. So I just want to encourage you in that. And then I just want to encourage you with Ephesians 16 and Psalm 103. And the reason I bring out Psalm 16 and Psalm 103 um, is just, you can pick any psalm. But these are two psalms that are just very, very encouraging and life-giving. The end of Psalm 16, I think, um, it talks about how God is satisfying and, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore and how it, it res- restores us. And so if you're feeling dry, this could be a, two psalms, a great place to start and literally hundreds of other passages you need to do this with, but a great place to start and start reading them. And I would encourage you to, to read through them and pray through them multiple times a day and find somebody, whether it's your, your wife if you're married or a friend who will do this with you. Um, because the next thing after your own personal prayer and reader and, and, and scripture reading, time of the word, is good community. So I don't know uh, what that looks like for you. I don't know if friends, family, church, if you have community that you can, they can just encourage you in this, but that is crucial to just a healthy rhythm and, and having a desire for the things of the Lord. So a couple of short, quick thing there, Brayden, I just want to encourage you that we, I think we all, all believers go through seasons of dryness. All believers have times where we don't maybe desire to be in the Word as much or in prayer, but we're called to or we're, we're commanded to. So Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. That's really good. Um, and, and that may be, I'm sure that's for more than just Brayden out there. There's probably people in similar nope, situations. Just <laughs> but even as I read Brayden, he's talking about find myself having a difficult time finding my way into scripture for myself or distinguishing whether I'm reading for a teaching purpose or a personal purpose. So he may even just have been saying like, I'm just having a tough time distinguishing, like, mm-hmm. am I going for teaching or reading purposes or teaching or personal purposes? Or maybe he's in the situation, like you said, or other people are in similar situations, but it is such a good word. You said that, um, you said, you said that the, our first priority is ourself, which mm-hmm. is just kind of weird to like die to yourself you know what i mean like you it's almost all feel about guilty. me yeah but um but you're saying it's not no no no. i'm not saying no it. no but that's what you're that's what i'm saying that it's not about you exactly <laughs> no seriously though no i i see what you're i see what you're getting at but what i'm trying to make the point here with without no, you interrupting me don't make it <clears throat> that don't. you 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 can help people understand the word mm-hmm. um to a point but if you aren't in it yourself mm-hmm. but your shepherding care is going to be so much more effective if you yourself are um, gleaning from God's word, if you are grazing in the same pastures that you're trying to lead others into. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, and that's not for me, that's for everyone listening. Like, be in the word. Yep. It's um, for me. Don't, don't overlook. Yeah, as I say, same thing for me here with all the busyness there. Like, don't overlook that time for yourself um, because if you neglect that, then your ability to help others is going to be dramatically hindered. Yeah, so this might feel like a dichotomy, um, but you, as a shepherd, Brayden, as a shepherd, especially for young kids and their families and wherever the Lord leads you in ministry, you are are not sovereign over their salvation, and you're even not even sovereign over their sanctification. The Lord will do that yeah. in them. But the Lord has placed you to shepherd them, right? So you're not fully over that, but yet God has put you over there to shepherd uh, these people. And in order to, to do that, like you, you have to be um, 
present. You have to be willing. So you're not just imparting information, which as a culture we like. That's what we like to teach. We think we think discipleship is like just imparting information. Yeah. But to disciple them well, you have to be um, in the rhythms and in the word because you're shepherding them. You're not just speaking to them, and that is a spiritual. Um, it's a spiritual act to shepherd. So. Encourage you, Braden. I'm sure, like, like most people, it ebbs and flows. There's good days and there's hard days. Um, but the one thing that I'm never, I would say, there's no formula to to Christianity or to to growth. But one thing that is always without fail, and this is serious: the more time you spend in the Word and on, in prayer, uh, the more that your heart delights in the things of Jesus, and the more you desire the things yeah. of Jesus. Does it make your life easier? But it makes it better. Hmm. So, um, just increase, increase the time. Too. You know, just be honest. Like, what do we do with our time? This is for everyone. You know, if we're dissatisfied in our spiritual walk, how much time we spend watching TV or on YouTube or whatever, you know, there's probably a close correlation there to the time we spend in doing the things that God has desired us to do and designed us to do, and the things that. Our fulfillment in him. Anyway, yeah, good, good question. Thanks uh, for the mailbag episode. Guys, I had a an hour in. Beautiful title, but Rob butchered it. Did your title was like a paragraph long. Guys, it was it was good. It kind of had a good thing going, mm. but Rob just you never would have actually been able to see it because I don't think any of the pl- podcast platforms allow a title to be that long. I kind of told him right now. Yeah, it's okay. Go ahead, tell him what it was. Yep, they'll never know. <laughs> well, hey, thanks you guys can't for listening. Um, <laughs> Rob, you got anything else you want to add? Nope. You can find us on SoulTheology.org. Right. You can head over to I think our... You, had, you didn't have anything else to add. I, I'm adding the oh, ending. Oh, That's okay. What I'm so, you, so you are adding. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you to those who support us on Patreon. Rob, uh, how, how's our social Patreon. media doing, by the way? Um, not strong. Okay. I've only gotten busier, so I haven't posted much on there. Brain, do you want to take over our social if media? If somebody wants to take it over, that'd be, <laughs> be a gift, man. Um, but yeah, anyways... You can find us on simpletheology.org. If you want to support the show, you can head over to Patreon and look up Simple Theology. Thank you so much, so, so very much to those who do. Huge gift to us. It's really encouraging and just helps us cover the costs of this. Believe it or not, there are some costs that um, it is nice with two little kids for each of us to not have to have to cover these costs out of pocket. So thank you so much to those who do. Um, even if you want to leave like a dollar, that's awesome. We appreciate it. Get us part of a cup of coffee but if you want to find us on social media you can go over to facebook.com slash simple theology you can find us on instagram at simple theology pod you can use the hashtag simple theology pod if you want to shoot us a call 614-233-1098 again 614-233-1098 Braden, why thank call you. <laughs> I know. Braden, thank you for calling and i apologize for not recognizing that you actually when they call will you will you like get back like hey we got your message no you don't do that? No. Okay, maybe you should do that. No, well, how am I going to do it? Uh, Just call them uh, back? Hey, I got it. Thanks. Send them a text. <laughs> so, I don't think you can text from that number. I don't feel like giving my number out. So, Guys, when you call... Um, yeah, you can leave your email or you can just have faith that yep. Robert have faith. his due diligence. And if I don't get it, then just send us a message on Instagram. Because <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, and maybe you want to just bypass that whole process and just send us a message on Instagram. I like the voice option because here's, here's the thing. I get so exhausted trying to type up stuff. That's true. Let me just blab it out for a minute or yeah. two. Yep. Oh. 
Okay, sweet. Thanks, guys. Rob, Appreciate you the questions. Else you want to say? Nope. Peace. <laughs> hey, guys. Peace out. Thank you.